0: wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly.
2: Hey, how goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly. Greetings today from Studio B on Airline Drive. Uh, Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, It's a beautiful day. I think it's going to be an exciting week. Um, in the world of sports, we're getting ready for the Final Four. How about that over the weekend? Pretty cool. Um, I really like the way the Final Four is going to line up this weekend. The, you know, four teams are really, I think, on their game right now. I think this is good for college basketball. And uh, four interesting coaches who all have a different niche uh, as far as how they run their programs, how they recruit the whole nine yards. Congratulations to the uh, Spartans and uh, the Duke Blue Devils. And, of course, Kentucky and, um, excuse me, Wisconsin out of the Big Ten. Two Big Ten teams, interestingly enough. Uh, we'll get a preview later in the week, the Final Four, uh, as we get closer to the weekend in Indianapolis. But certainly that was uh, that was a lot of fun over the weekend. And, and uh, with the Pelicans now right back into the playoff picture, uh, this week for the Pelicans is also going to be uh, equally interesting. And uh, after a win yesterday at the Smoothie King Center over the Wolves, 110-88, the Pelicans now are on the brink of 40 wins. I think there's no problem in getting a winning record now this season, and uh, you have uh, still a very good fighting chance of getting the A spot in the Western Conference. Um, by the way, no thank you to the Phoenix Suns, who I think blew a 20-point lead last night and allowed Oklahoma City to come back. The Thunder win to uh, keep the Pelicans at arm's length. I guess the only good news out of that is that the Suns may be finally getting ready to uh, to set, pardon the pun. Um But interesting. More on the Pelicans game in uh, today's show, of course. We're going to uh, take you back through some of the locker room sound from last night. Give you some of the particulars as the Pelicans now will be in practice mode the next two days and traveling to the West Coast to get set to take on the Lakers on Wednesday night. Football-wise, we have plenty for you today. LSU's Pro Day was on Friday. That's a big event. Uh, Not only, I guess, obviously for LSU and uh, their guys, but really, across the NFL, they draw a lot of attention from uh, most every team in the NFL and certainly the Saints, who had plenty, plenty of eyeballs on those kids up in Baton Rouge this past Friday. Chad Sabody was there for Fox 8 Sports, and he will give us a breakdown of what he saw and the atmosphere surrounding uh, LSU Pro Day activities. And then Saints Assistant General Manager Jeff Ireland uh, spoke on Friday and we certainly want to share with you his thoughts in their entirety uh, on today's Black and Blue Report as well. So as I mentioned it's Monday and I know that's kind of a stinker sometimes but I think we're, we're in good shape Black and Blue Report wise and I think we're going to help you tee up a pretty good sports week as well. So we're going to take our first break. When we come back we'll talk more about the Pelicans' big win yesterday at the Smoothie King Center. They're second in a row and then we'll also talk about LSU Pro Day with an NFL slant to it as well on today's show
0: the playoff pushes on as your new orleans pelicans fight for the postseason join us this tuesday at 7 p.m at the smoothie king center for another guy's night out against the golden state warriors this ticket package includes two tickets four beers plus we'll throw in two free t-shirts all for as low as $46. Grab your pals to get on board for Guy's Night Out. Call 525 hoop or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today.
1: Hi, I'm Lisa Albright. I'm 36 years old. I had the perfect life. It was everything I ever dreamed about until two weeks ago. I was standing in line at the grocery store, leaning over to empty my cart when I heard it.
4: Mommy, why are your pants too big in the back? And
1: that's when it hit me. I'm wearing mom jeans. Never again. I will look hot in yoga pants. That is my purpose. Blend it now.
0: Try the new Firm and Burn chocolate peanut butter smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get into those yoga pants. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose.
5: This is Pelican's guard, Eric Gordon and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report.
2: Well, the Pelicans used a good first quarter and a good fourth quarter to win yesterday afternoon at Smoothie King Center, outscoring the Wolves 25-11 to in the first. By the way, the 11 points allowed were the fewest by any opponent in a quarter this season against the Pelicans, and then um, a real good, solid closeout quarter in the fourth. to 33-18 was the margin in the final frame as the Pelicans Uh, one for the third time over Minnesota, win their second straight and take two of three out of the homestand. Uh, Much needed and uh, certainly showed us that the Pelicans are back on track as they get ready for this West Coast road trip. Why do I say back on track? All right, look, the ball moved much better in the two wins. Uh, Assist to made field goals, certainly a healthy margin. Yesterday it was 29 assists on 43 made field goals. They had six threes yesterday, nine threes made on Friday. Turnovers back down to a more reasonable number. Yesterday, the Pelicans turned it over 14 times, only allowing Minnesota to score nine points off of those turnovers. Anthony Davis is grooving right now. Despite some lower field goal percentage numbers, he's finding other ways to score. 8 of 10 at the free throw line yesterday. Ho-hum, 28 points, nine (laughs) rebounds, and a block for Anthony Davis. And then Pondexter now has gone double-figure scoring in six of his last seven. He hit two threes yesterday on his way to uh, 10 points. Tyreek Evans uh, sharing the ball as well. So all these things are good. And, I, and there's one more thing that I think is noteworthy about these last two games. During the, uh, during the last two games, the bench and the toughness or edge that you need from a couple of those guys returned to the team. Something had slid away during the four-game losing streak. But uh, if you take Dante Cunningham, Alexia Jensa, Norris Cole, and now you throw Tony Douglas in there, who seems plenty comfortable now in his second run with the Pelicans. Um, there's, a little, there's just enough scoring punch, and I think there's now that defensive edge again from those guys that's going to serve the Pelicans well here in what uh, seems to be the, uh, the pressure cooker of the last nine games. So all good signs as you get set to go on the road, or I think two out of three is not only – Absolutely necessary, but very possible. Uh, The last game on the upcoming road trip is against Portland, who is in a dogfight right now for home floor advantage in the first round. So that could be a little dicey and a very tough building to play. But, hey, win them all, and and you're doing your thing, and hopefully Oklahoma City runs into this uh, saw that I see coming for them with regard to games against uh, Memphis, Houston, and Dallas, and not necessarily in that order. With all that in mind... Quickly, uh, Eric Gordon in the post-game locker room last night. He seems to have shaken off his shooting blues. Five of eight yesterday in the Pelicans' win.
4: It's not good. They have a lot of injuries. We've got to conscious of
5: that. Yeah, we just got to play our game, and that's what we've been do- uh, Been trying to do. And, you know, we just got to keep on playing together a little bit more. You know, ball's been a little stagnant on offense and, you know, defensively. You know, it, you know, it's not consistent all the time. But uh, that's why when we go on this road trip is we got to see what we we're really made of.
4: Obviously, you knew that was coming ahead and didn't want to have, take any chances with this game. You know, lose having lost to the Rockets or the start the, the home center. Right?
5: Well, yeah, we was trying to take care of home. Rockets are a good team. They played well. And uh, tonight, you know, that, those uh, young guys played hard. And, uh, you know, we just got to take care of the take care of business here at home and, uh, and on the road, you know, with this uh Many games left. Not that. Not that many games left. We just got to keep on, keep on pushing and trying to get wins.
2: Then, of course, Monty Williams had plenty to say with us on the Pelicans radio network following yesterday's win, the 39th of the season for New Orleans. Coach, congratulations. Nice finish to the home stand there.
4: Yeah, we obviously got the win, and um, a lot of guys played well tonight. Our bench uh, guys were really good. I thought the play that Dante made. Tonight, diving on the floor after that loose ball, uh, those are the kinds of plays that you know stand out for me. You know, AD is you know phenomenal, and you never want to overlook what he does. Um, but that play, and, and just Dante and Norris and, and uh, Tony's effort tonight on defense uh, on the ball, I thought that changed the game. When those two guys came in with Dante, uh, gave us a different defensive edge. And it allowed us to, you know, stop the ball a little bit, keep them out of our paint. Because I thought they were played in our paint the whole first half. In the third quarter, uh, when those guys came in, I think the game changed a little bit.
2: You built that lead, coach, and, and with them scoring like that, are you glad that you did see the defensive effort come back to finish the game? Yeah,
4: I, I, I like the effort. Um, you know, we had it early. They scored 11. And I told our guys, you know, when we hold a team like that, you got to start setting goals for yourself, uh, not allowing a team to come back and score 30 points. And then in the third quarter, they scored 29, and then we got back to our defense. I even thought we got back to it late in the third quarter uh, when Norris and Dante and and Tony came in the game. At the
2: start of the home, Sam, we said that home might be the right place for your
4: team at this time. Did it prove to be that way? Yeah, I I think it did. You know, we, we had a tough one against Houston. Uh, we felt like we could have won that game. Um, played really well against Sacramento, who's really improving. And then we did what we had to do tonight. And um, like we said, we've always wanted to make this a special place. Uh, we're starting to do that. And this time of the year, you know, like I told our guys, our level has to be high all the time. Whether it's focus or energy or preparation, we got to do it at a high level.
2: You guys had to put yourself back in the race. This homestand did that, just that, coach.
4: Yeah, you know, we had. You know, three tough losses on the road. We came back home to right the ship, and uh, we put ourselves in a position uh, to be right there. And that's all you can ask. Yep. All right. So work days today and tomorrow. Travel tomorrow afternoon out to the West Coast.
2: Lakers and Pelicans on Wednesday night, 9:30 Central tip-off time for that. Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com on his usual Tuesday slot uh, for tomorrow's Black and Blue report. Plus, we'll uh, preview more when we get to Los Angeles on Wednesday. We're going to take a quick break. We'll turn our attention to football, help us set up LSU Pro Day activities from this past Friday. It's Chad Sabatty. He's
3: next.
5: Can't pay your bills because of gambling? Missed car payments? Credit card bills mounting? Do you have multiple payday loans because of your gambling? If you or your family is suffering from gambling problems, treatment services are available for Louisiana residents at no cost. Call now. It's free and confidential. 877-770-STOP or online at helpforgambling.org. A message from the Louisiana Department of Health and Hospital's Office of Behavioral Health.
2: All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. LSU Pro Day was on Friday up in Baton Rouge. All the cool kids were there covering, of course, and checking out all the top talent from LSU that are ready for, they hope, the NFL draft. Of course, Chad Sabaty from Fox 8 here in New Orleans was there uh, to tell us all about it. Hey, Chad, walk me through LSU Pro Day for those who've never been. I guess give me the 30,000 feet view of Pro Day and we'll work down from there.
1: Well, Sean, it really is a great event. And about I would say, you know, ten to fifteen years ago when Nick Saban really reloaded the LSU football program and you saw top tier talent come through it once again, Pro Day really took off and it became a must visit for NFL scouts, coaches, GMs, the Saints show up in numbers every year. Friday you know, was no different. General Manager Mickey Loomis, defensive coordinator Rob Ryan, was on hand. Jeff Ireland, the new Saints director of college scouting, assistant Jim was there. We spoke to Jeff as well. But it's really, uh, you know, who's who, who's coming out, top tier SEC talent this year. Now, I'll say this: the attendance this year was solid, about a hundred NFL rep- representatives. But based on last year's class, when you had players like Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry landry jeremy hill and Zach benberg coming out it was pretty crazy so this year a little more subdued but still some top tier talent when you're talking about lyle collins he was the headliner the big left tackle coming out versatile player you know can he play guard can he play tackle in the nfl looking to be a first round pick but it's interesting all these guys they run through the gauntlet as the height the weight the vertical broad jump they got some in, for- in the indoor facility to the 40 yard dash bench press and then it's all about position drills drills in front of about you know 300 sets of eyeballs everybody looking at you so you can't hide you can there's nothing you can hide and it's not in full pads so it's not full football but it really gives a lot of these scouts a good you know, up close look at how you move and your body frame and you know, you start putting two and two together, and a lot of it, Sean, is also about one-on-one conversations these players have with these NFL reps. And when we saw Dennis Allen back with the Saints once again, speaking at length with Jalen Collins, now you never know if the Saints are going to you know, pull a flyer on the LSU cornerback, but he's really shot up draft boards, and that could be a nice match.
2: Yeah, I was just going to ask you, uh, you know, uh, you said there's nowhere to hide, uh, but certainly there's home field advantage as opposed to what many of these guys go through in Indy at the Combine. Um, and with that being said, whether it be the Collins guys or Quan Alexander or anybody else, did anybody kind of raise their stock in any way just by Friday's performance?
1: Nothing really significantly. I think Terrence McGee just solidified the fact that he can play at the next level based on his speed. I mean, it wasn't blistering, but it was a solid 4-5, you know, slightly over a 4-5. And I think his versatility out of the backfield, he's just a tough little bowling ball running back, the former Franklin star. You know, he played quarterback in high school, but he was a very solid collegiate running back and I think there's a spot for him in the NFL probably a late round draft pick. Lyle Collins really didn't need to prove much and he didn't really do much. Just did a few position drills. Of course Jalen Collins sat out after just having the foot procedure done. Quan Alexander, you can tell he's got speed, he's got burst. NFL teams wanna see that from a linebacker. Daniel Hunter, I mean his measurables alone will probably get him drafted somewhere in the middle rounds, whether it be third round, fourth round. I mean he's got a thirty six and a half vertical jump. He led the team, all these outgoing players in the broad jump as well. I mean he's built like a mack truck, so you know, you, you kind of wonder might maybe why he wasn't as productive at the defensive end position. But I wouldn't say anybody tremendously improved their stock. You know, it's just a matter of don't do anything stupid. Don't show up completely heavy, overweight. Don't run a completely slow 40-yard dash time. Now, there's been some talk about Lionell Collins. I mean, he's still going to be a first-round pick, but he did put on a little bit of weight since the combine. We'll see if maybe that makes him fall a few spots in the first round.
2: You mentioned Lionel Collins uh, as a, p- a potential first-rounder. Probably – isn't it safe to say there's probably only one first rounder coming out of LSU this year?
1: I would say that for sure. A lot of teams maybe have shown some some good interest in Jalen Collins as well, the defensive back, but they might be a little wary now that he's had this foot procedure. Maybe hold off, see how he heals up, and have him run again. But the draft is approaching, you know. And sometimes when you you know when your backs are up against the wall in that war room, then you're Looking at your, your list and next best player available, you never know. So Jalen Collins might sneak into the first round. But I think Lyle is your surefire first-round lock. And what's cool about that, Sean, is that somehow LSU football has not had an offensive lineman like in the first round in 17 years. Wow. Way back, Alan Fanica, I mean, remember, All-American back in 1998. Now, they've had other talent, Andrew Whitworth back in 2006, probably should have been a first-rounder. Look, he's played 10 years in the NFL with the Bengals. He was a second-rounder. But Wael would be the first, first-round first O-lineman in, in almost two decades.
2: What was the best question asked by reporters, and maybe the best answer, I guess?
1: Well, it is kind of a just a bizarre, you know, similar to Super Bowl Media Day in a sense with some of these, some of these reporters coming in and from out of the woodworks and then some of these scouts and coaches, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, animal spirit do you have something like that? But what was really weird before Lyle came to meet with the media, he had one of the NFL reps have a, he went up against the wall and was doing some really awkward, just like squats and lunges. I guess he, the rep just wanted to see how his body moved in certain positions. But it was it was a pretty awkward scenario. And then I guess when he came over, we said, Hey, Lyle, I'm pretty sure you've never had to do that before. Huh? And he's like, Yeah, I don't know really what that was. But you know these guys are really uh, willing to do whatever that's asked of them because this is their life. This is their career, and they're about to make a lot of money.
2: Yeah, no doubt it's a good day for those young men. And I know the class is a little smaller than what you had referred to from last year. But, look, it's at LSU. It's in their building Less Miles is there. Obviously, days like Friday certainly have a benefit to the college football program there as well, right?
1: Uh, more so than ever. And think about this past Friday: SEC Network, NFL Network, local media from all over the state and the region. If you're anywhere within, you know, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, or you know, surrounding areas, you're going to see this. If you're a big-time prospect, and you know, just the modern day with social media. I mean, the program does a great job, and. LSU is not going to have that pipeline to the NFL stop anytime soon. They may not get nine players drafted, a school record, the past two years, which is just kind of amazing to think about. Eighteen players drafted in the past two years. They may get five or six this year, but, you know, that pipeline's not slowing down unless Miles continues to recruit top-tier talent. They're developing these guys, and they're getting drafted, and, you know, most of them are panning out on the next level as well.
2: Do you envision a Tiger in Saints black and gold next year out of that class?
1: It would be good to see. It really would. You know, I think Lyle, ha- I know he had his meeting with the Saints Friday night. I heard it went well. And I think that could be a good fit if they're feeling, you know, offensive line, interior offensive line is the top priority at this point. You know, when you look at cornerback, the addition of Brandon Browner maybe gives you some more flexibility in terms of what your your top target so if they feel he's someone that could slide in right away, maybe you know, learn from uh, uh, Jari Evans or from a Tim Lolito, and then maybe get some significant playing time, perhaps it's Lyle Collins in the black and gold.
2: It's good stuff, Chad Sabody. Well done, and I'm glad that you went so that we could talk to you on this Monday. I know that was your sole purpose in going to Pro Day.
1: I went Friday with Sean Kelly in my mind. So <laughs> here to help you, buddy.
2: All right, Chad Sabody from Fox 8 Sports with a good, good recap for us of LSU Pro Day on Friday. More on that in a moment. Stay with us.
0: The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans as all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA. 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale, so make sure to secure early bird pricing and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. we're talking saints football on the black and blue report
2: all right as we mentioned there were plenty of saints eyeballs on the activities at lsu on friday one of which uh, one set of eyeballs of course was the assistant general manager for the new orleans saints jeff ireland who spoke also with the media
3: on friday
1: jeff what's it been like overall just the past few months since you joined the franchise
3: it's been a rat race really it's uh you know, like I said earlier, um, you know, I, I wasn't really scouting during the fall. I was watching a lot of football. Sheldon. Sheldon. But it's different when you're when you're watching football on the couch versus watching football in a, in a meeting room and, and writing and reports. So it's been a catch-up process for me. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, you rely on your scouts, rely on your coaching staff to give you the information, and I've uh, been, been enjoying it.
1: Your relationships with Mickey and with Sean and just the potential of this franchise, it just made you. Um, it made you want to join this franchise.
3: Absolutely. I mean, you know, Sean, our years in Dallas were, we're very positive. We did a lot of good things there. Uh, Mickey's been a mentor of mine. You know, as a young personnel guy moving up, he was someone I would call on for for advice and information. Um, and you guys all know Mickey. He's a he's just he's a gentleman, and uh, he's a very good executive, and uh, he's made some great decisions for this franchise. And so he's someone I look up to. And so that process, just he and Sean. Um, you know, he's been fantastic and so it's, it's great to be part of a great organization.
0: Anything positive about the way you watch college football this season? Did you look at anything from a different angle?
3: Or? Yeah, you know, you look at it from a different angle. I mean, I, you know what you do when you're, when you're out of football and you love football, it, you, you grow to appreciate the game more. Uh, I missed it so much. Uh, I miss the relationships that you have in football. Um, you know, being around this staff, I've known Jack Marucci at LSU for 20 years. You know, just seeing him again—it's been a while since I've seen him. Um, you know, he's made my son a bat. You know, so those those kind of relationships that you have, you miss. And so, uh, but it's good to be back in the mix. What's your? Kyle Collins and Jalen Collins, players. Yeah, you know, good players. Um, you know, uh, Jalen didn't you know start you know for a while, so he's he's got he's got some catching up to do. He's a young player. Uh, had a great season. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, You know, Collins, Alayel Collins, uh, good, positive, productive player. So they're going to have a chance to be good football players in the National Football League.
0: Jeff, the Saints have obviously really valued the guard position uh, in general. Has that changed at all around the league that uh, someone like Lyle Collins who might play guard in the NFL, is is that not necessarily a negative? Because teams are really investing heavily in that position.
3: Well, sometimes when you don't have one, they become a priority. And also some teams will will prioritize – whether it's a guard or a tackle or a center or you know a nickel corner, when you don't have one, it becomes a priority, and and uh, and that's when positions become musts on teams. And uh, I know that's not answering your question right. specifically, um, but when sometimes when you don't have one, it, you know it can it can hold you hostage. It and
0: seems like teams will take a guard with a top ten, top fifteen pick now that if they're good players, would, yeah. why
3: not? You yeah. know, if they're good players, why not? I mean, if they're going to help you win, and they're going to be productive, and they're consistent, and they're good character. You know, people, and they're productive and dependable. That's that's important. Jeff, you have uh, some history with uh, Denell Ellerbe. What what can you tell us about him? What do you like about him? Well, he's a productive football player. He's a great person. He's a good leader. Um, He's athletic. Um, I only got the one year with him. He's 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 transitioning defenses. Uh, I think he's going to be a very productive player. We got to get him healthy, and. you know, and if he if he becomes a you know if he gets back to full health, he's going to be a productive football player for this franchise. Were you a big part
1: of those conversations to acquire him? Was it kind of something yeah. that you, having
2: known him,
3: I was. I him? would say I was part of the conversation. Uh, I didn't start the conversation, but when I'm asked a question in this franchise, I'm certainly going to answer it. You know, I had a I had intimate knowledge in signing him, or intimate knowledge because I signed him in Miami, but uh, yeah, it's part of the process. But th- I'm not the decision maker here, so that's Mickey and Sean and. Uh, um, but certainly part of the conversation. What, what do you see as the, the biggest strengths of this draft? You know, um, there, there's, there's a, you know, I don't want to get into strength and weaknesses of the draft, but I mean, it, it, it's every draft's going to have strength at certain positions. I think, you know, in this particular draft, there's some, there's some good young you know, pass rushers, uh, there's, some, there's some good corners, um, there's some good offensive linemen, you know, so. I don't really see a weakness in the draft, but uh, you know every draft's kind of different and the same in itself because there's going to be more players at one position um, than others, and, and this draft is no different.
0: Was it part of your contract talks with the Saints that they were required to get you nine draft picks in <laughs> first-rounders? And- <laughs> that was a
3: prerequisite. To, no, of course not, but I'm certainly glad to have them. It uh, can certainly help a uh, franchise uh, get back on its feet.
1: How much flexibility, having nine picks, does that give you guys?
3: It gives you a lot of flexibility. You can do pretty much anything you want to in the early rounds uh, of the draft. And you can slide back, you can move up, you can, you know, a combination of picks to do anything you want. And um, and so, again, that's going to be up to Mickey and Sean. I'm going to be a part of the process, but, uh, you know, I'm glad. My job is to put the board together, make sure we got players in the right position, and uh, and let them make the decisions based on what they need.
4: This might be
1: a weird question, but I know every team kind of has, like, a different uh, language for scouting reports. How much of a blend has there been? Was there a learning curve on your end to kind of do things the way they fill them out?
4: Or?
3: Well, there's always different ways that scouts talk and present players, but this is this is a very veteran group of, of, of scouts. I, I've known many of them several many years, um, and they all know football players. Which you know, it's kind of like uh, you know, in football, the language the language we speak is football language, and you know, so our scouts are talking football language to me, and so I can decipher what they're saying, basically. So there's not a whole lot of difference in, in the way we talk, basically.
1: I was thinking more like how the reports are filled out, the grading system, and...
3: you know, I, I'm the one that's adjusting to all that, and that's been very easy.
1: Yeah, um, some difference, but very easy. How many schools will you probably
0: visit over the course of this off season?
3: The off season, like I've been hitting about drill. three, about three a week. Um, on average the last four or five weeks so and have you not done that since alice as, as a gm i did not get out much in the in the spring i got out quite a bit in the fall um so it's a little bit you know it's been a difference for me it's a different role um you know as a gm you're you're, you're worried about free agency early on and then you're still feeling holes that way and you re- really relied on your scouts and your personnel directors and things like that and so um, I have a different role here, so my role is to go find the players myself, go see them. And um, you know, I'm trying to kill you know, a lot of birds with one, you know, one stone. I'm, I'm learning my staff, I'm learning my coaches, I'm learning the players. You know, so being on the road with the coaches and the scouts enables me to get familiar with my scouts, familiar with my coaching staff, familiar with the players, um, you know, it's an all in, all-in process.
2: Again, Jeff Ireland with the media on Friday at LSU Pro Day. And I think the, between uh, Mr. Ireland and thanks again to Chad Sabaty, we've got a pretty good idea of how things shook out at LSU and uh, how some of those NFL-ready players uh, may factor into the Saints or other NFL teams' plans as we get closer and closer now to the NFL draft. Last time out on the Black and Blue Report, when we come back, we'll give you an idea of what's still to come this week on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Racing fans, you won't want to miss the Professional Drag Racers Association Cajun Nationals Pro Mod at Thunder Road Raceway Park in Gilliam, Louisiana, just outside of Shreveport. This exciting event runs April 30th through May 2nd. For more information, visit www.racetrp.com. And while in town, enjoy great gaming action, shopping, food, and nightlife. For additional things to see and do, visit shreveport bozierorg or call 888-45-VISITS.
0: He must be a big deal since he's verified on Twitter. He's Sean Kelly, and this is the Black and Blue Report.
2: Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there's plenty going on in the world of sports this week. I'm very much looking forward to opening day in Major League Baseball. The full opening day is one week from today, by the way. Uh, The season kicks off Sunday night with the Cardinals and Cubs, but the first full day is on Monday, April the 6th. Uh, That obviously coincides with the NCAA Final Four, and Ian Eagle from CBS will join us later in the week to preview the Final Four. I I will challenge you to find a better preview uh, than what we'll have from Ian Eagle later on this week national nba writers to join us as well we'll also talk about the thunder specifically with those who cover the team in oklahoma city we've got to keep an eye on them right now as we get into this next crucial stretch and of course plenty of pelicans coverage as they get ready for the west coast and we'll have of course plenty for you right from the team as they travel through los angeles sacramento and portland later in the week tomorrow daniel salerson's your host Jim Eichenhofer will be here. We'll also hear a little bit more from uh, those at LSU vying for a spot in the NFL, and uh, you never know who else may be around for Daniel tomorrow. He'll have it for you from Studio B, where we say goodbye on this Monday. Thanks again to Chad Saberty today, Jeff Ireland, Eric Gordon, and Monty Williams for being a part of the program. Have a great rest of your uh, day, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly.